Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Die Allen. conservative. to this guy for wisdom. The Martin Luther King Jr. broadcast here. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. And, uh... You know, we'll get into it a little bit with uh, Joe Biden. Uh, unfortunately, I, I wish it was funnier than it is with his gaffes and so on and so forth. More lies from the sociopath himself. Um, but on this day, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Day in uh, 2023 here, and we were closer to forming a more perfect union in the 60s than we are today. That's the truth. I was telling Captain... Mr. Producer here, before we came on the show, uh, I had an enlightening experience today that I just wanted to share with you all. I'm on Twitter. You know, unfortunately, in terms of uh, uh, reach and things like that, it's necessary. Um, and look, I, you know, I'm no victim. I know what you're getting into with, with Twitter. I mean, it's, it's, it's still a cesspool, isn't it, Captain? It, it really is. But, but the interesting thing that happened to me was that I I commented, uh, you know, retweeted something and commented uh, something that Adam Kinzinger posted, right? The disgraced uh, Congress pronoun who... You, you remember that movie, A Christmas Story? And the little boy, Ralphie, gets his tongue stuck to that, that frozen post? Well, you know, that's Adam Kinzinger, except the post is the asses of the Democratic Party. And, uh, you know, he firmly planted it there. And, you know, uh, he got fired for it as well. But he did get a job at CNN. He did get a job there. I'm sure he'll have just as many viewers as Brian Stelter. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I commented on it. And shockingly, you know, lowly me, right, with, with something like 1,100, uh, you know, follower count. And, and that's only relevant because the left like to point that out, you know. You've only got 1,100 followers. You're a nobody, blah, 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 as if all of us uh, measure our self-worth uh, by our number of Twitter followers. Um, but it, it, but what I learned was you hear oftentimes about how the left is so much better organized than we are, right? Well, this also relates to Twitter. Now, within seconds of him tweeting this thing out or retweeting, co commenting on me, right? Uh, I had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of comments pouring in, you know, hate speech, the stuff the left says that we're guilty of and so on and so forth. And, and, and what I learned from this, from people I know that are on there, so they have these, these, these rooms set up. And so they added me to a room. And that room, it, it's a target, right? So Drew Allen, we're going to go after him. So all of these people on Twitter that are living in their parents' basement still or uh, bots, you know, the, the tip, typical liberal, um, you know, uh, what do you call them, Key, keyboard warrior crowd. I mean, they just descended upon me like locusts, like locusts. And it was, it was incredible. Now, I'm not a victim. I, you, you look, you know what you're, I know what I'm getting into on there. And I had a lot of fun, to be honest. What I did learn is that the left is even dumber than I thought before uh, that event happened. But anyway, back to more important things here. So um, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and 
What was Martin Luther King Jr.'s hope for America, right? It was that all men, you know, that's a term in the old days for men and women. They just said, you know, mankind, right? Mankind, um, you know, would be judged by the content of their character, right? Not the color of their skin. And something interesting, by the way, I learned when I was researching my book is that that phrase that he used, that he made famous, it was actually used before him for the first time I saw by Eisenhower. Eisenhower, right? President Eisenhower, Ike himself, who led the Allied invasion uh, of um, Storm the Beaches of Normandy there, he actually used it in, in one of his State of the Union addresses, almost verbatim. And Martin Luther King Jr. used that as well. And so on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, as we uh, are remembering the legacy of a man who hoped that we would just live in a country that was colorblind, that was a meritocracy, that looked at everyone uh, just based on the content of their character. Well, we have San Francisco, a reparations committee there, proposing $5 million to each black longtime resident and total debt forgiveness. But of course, you have to be black to get this. So in honor of Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, which is for a advocating for a colorblind society, a meritocracy that judges people based only on the content of their character. Well, San Francisco is saying if you're black, you get $5 million to each resident. The, the irony here, of course, I mean, it's, it's, it's stupid to begin with, but California didn't, it was never a slave state. So the whole idea of reparations you know, is, is to, to, to pay for the, the sins of, of the Democrats in the past, right? All those white Democrats uh, who advocated for slavery, right? You know, the Democrat Party who fought against the Republicans in the Civil War. You know, we killed each other because Democrats thought that blacks should be in chains on plantations still. And here, here they are in California. And it's, it's completely lost on them, Captain. That California t- never had slaves. But Lee, Lee I, I, I'm sorry. I leave, leave it to California, right? So anyway, I mean, I, this is just crazy. So San Francisco's reparations committee, they're also proposing supplementing lower income black recipients income for 250 years. 250. When does racism ever end? When, when do we ever pay that debt off? I mean, look, this country can't pay off, pay off its own collective national debt. I mean, we, when are we supposed to pay off? I mean, how do you do this? Anyway, it's really not funny, but come on. I'm not going to get through this show today if I don't laugh. So anyway, they propose paying each black longtime resident $5 million, granting total debt forgiveness due to the decades of systematic repression faced by the local black community. I've said this before, and uh, there is... Here we have systematic, sometimes it's systemic racism, you know, they, they can't quite get it down themselves. But the so-called systematic racism here uh, that does exist in America, I, it is real. We, we, ser- we have a very serious institutional racism problem in America. And it's all, it's all from the Democratic Party. That, that's exclusively where it still comes from today. So, I mean, this, this just, I mean, California never adopted the institution of chattel slavery. Never adopted the tenets of segregation. 
never adopted the tenets of white supremacy and systematic repression. They were never involved in the, you know, exclusion of black people in terms of it being codified in the laws here. And here in California, we're sitting here in San Francisco, the, uh, the committee there, discussing how they're going to <laughs> solve the issue of slavery that never existed in California. I mean, it, it is crazy. I mean, $5 million to each eligible individual. Um, and, and they're treating this like the lottery. You know, uh, a lump sum payment would compensate the affected population for the decades of harms that they have experienced. What decades of harms? Hey, Captain, you know, last time I checked, slavery was abolished in, um, you know, the mid-1860s, right? The Emancipation Proclamation. So 1865, then we go, we go forward 100 years and Democrats fought like hell to keep the black man down. That's true. They did. They did. After we, you know, the Republicans fought a war and won and eliminated slavery, the Democrats spent the next 100 years fighting for Jim Crow, fighting to prevent black Americans from participating in society, fighting to prevent them from being treated like American citizens. So anyway, 1965, you know, and then, you know, we got, we got the, the, uh, civil rights act of 1964 that got rid of, you know, lawful discrimination. And here we are in 2023 in San Francisco saying, uh, well, we gotta, (laughs) we gotta pay all these people that never experienced slavery. Man, oh man. I mean, anyway, here are the eligibility requirements, by the way. The applicant must be 18 years old and have identified as black or African-American on public documents for at least 10 years. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I live pretty close to San Francisco. Just like Elizabeth Warren claimed on her documents that she was a Native American. I, the way I'm looking at this, Captain, I'm going to game this game the system here. You know, I got 10 years, so I mean, it means I can't leave. I got to stay in California, I guess. But I've got to go and identify myself as a, a black man, an African-American. And if I, can, if I can do that now in 10 years, I should be eligible for this 5 million bucks, don't you think? I mean, I mean we can identify as uh, little girls and little boys and, you know, trans this and trans that and elephants and whatever it is. Um, I shouldn't be that hard to identify as a different, you know, color as well. Um, so you have to prove at least two of eight additional criteria choosing from a list that includes born in San Francisco between 1940 and 1996 and has proof of residency in San Francisco for at least 13 years and or personally or the direct descendant of someone incarcerated by the failed war on drugs. This is so crazy. You know, when, when, I mean, when you fill out employment paperwork, right, for your W-2s, your W-4s, that kind of thing, you know, you have to provide two different documents or one document. You can give them a passport or you can give them, you know, social security card and driver's license. I mean, I mean, this is basically what, what's happening here, I guess. So I, I mean... The problem with this, just like the gas stove, is that they're serious. That's the problem. I mean, this isn't, this isn't a joke. Um, 
Here's one other thing that the plan calls on. It calls on the city to supplement lower income recipients' income to reflect the area median income, about $97,000 annually for at least 250 years. So basically, I guess, you know, if you're making, how does this affect welfare recipients, though? That's my question. You know, if you're on welfare making, you know, and it, let's say, let's just say the cutoff, you know, of poverty here is 20,000 bucks, right? But you're getting welfare benefits that amount to about $20,000. So really, your income between food stamps and, uh, you know, Medicaid and, uh, you know, what else do they have out there? Uh, you know, public housing, right? Section 8 and all that. I mean, that really bumps up your salary to about 40000 bucks when you consider you don't have to pay for your rent or anything like that. So my question is, you know, if they're going to get to this $97,000, you know, is it going to include the welfare or is, is the welfare taken out? And if we do this, do they still get their welfare? This is very, I have a lot of questions, a lot of questions, and I don't see them answered. So if, I doubt the committees even thought it through this. I bet they haven't even locked on to these very complicated questions yet. Maybe it'll take them another 10 years to actually get this thing finished up. Um, I bet you they're hoping they don't even ask questions. Well, when when was the last time any Democrat asked any question ever, Captain? That's true. That's true. I can't remember a time. I got a question for you. You, you think these people, and by the way, this is going through uh, live, and we're going to, actually, people are going to hear my voice for a change. Do you think these people? Oh, 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 Captain! As long as they can't see you, as long as they can't. That's see right. As long as they can't see me, hopefully they can't track so, you down like they do yeah. me. You'll get the Adam Kinzinger treatment. Oh no! Well, do you think you think these people actually laugh when they're trying to come up with these things and going, you know, let's see how stupid we can come up with, or how stupid can our, our, our ideas can be, and still pass them as serious ideas? Hey. I have an answer to your question, Captain. I really do. So you're asking me if I think these people think this is like a game, right? Yes. If some of them are laughing about this, yes, about how, how stupid, they know it's stupid. Okay, okay, okay. Cue up a clip for me. Cut. We're, we're going to go out of order here, Captain. This is going to answer your question. Uh, cue up. Cut three. Cut three. Now, I found this video, Captain. It was from Libs of TikTok. All right? And this is a biological man. And he belongs to the Alphabet Mafia. And he explains why he messes around with pronouns. So don't take it from me, Captain. So, so again, let's just go through this again. So the question is, do these people, are they kind of in on the joke too? Are they having fun with this? Well, let's, let's hear this guy, LGBTQ plus, you know, IAZ Mafia. Uh, explain. Go ahead. This is my answer to you, Captain. Go. Hey, y'all. So recently walking to and fro from my job, I am now starting to get identified as femme presenting to the point where people call me ma'am or people call me like miss or things like that. And it's still wrong because I'm non-binary, but there's like a real fun, like chaotic part of that where I can respond in a way that makes them go, what? Because I'll intentionally like lower my voice and they'll be like, excuse me, ma'am, can you help me out with this? I'm like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> and I think 
my gender is the emotions of straight people being utterly confused. Like, I just want to instill chaos. And, like, that's my pronouns. That's my gender. That's my identity. That's my sexuality. It gives me all the euphoria to cause fuckery. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Oops. I, I didn't realize there was a bad word in there, Captain. That's okay. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I missed that one. Not a problem. You answer my question, but here's the... He has to intentionally lower his voice. He doesn't have to intentionally <laughs> lower his voice for people to to, to uh, figure out he's not a, a woman. You're right. You're right. That That's a great point. You know, there's a psychological problem here, obviously. But uh, this person, in some ways, uh, I guess, does believe that they're actually convincing somebody. I mean, if, if you weren't watching, I mean, it, it, it's it's a man, obviously. I mean, th- there's no transition process happening here. He looks exactly like a man. He's just got, you know, dyed white hair. It's like he watched um, the Game of Thrones and he really liked the hair color of uh, Daenerys Targaryen. And so he, he found the perfect hair dye that would make him get, have that exact color of, of hair. And he did a good job. I mean, if this person, uh, if I wasn't scared of them and worried about, you know, what they do inside my home, I mean, I'd have them over to match paint to my wall for sure because they did a really good job with their own hair there. But but there's your question. So, I mean, so this person, I mean, they like instilling chaos. That's part of the reason they're doing this. And you know what it reminds me of, Captain? I didn't I didn't pull the clip for you. Uh, and it doesn't matter, but, um, uh, ah, okay. Okay. This is a problem. I- I'm trying to think of the host name, Joe Scarborough, right? And then you got, uh, Mika, Micah Brzezinski, his wife. So, so Joe, Joe Scarborough was laughing and ridiculing and making fun of all of us who are upset about the stove ban. So th- they do in one way, get off, if you will on this kind of stuff i mean they, they, you know they're having fun driving us insane i mean they think it's hilarious to 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 come after our guns they think it's hilarious to censor us i mean they, they really are sociopathic and demonic i mean they, they really do enjoy watching other american citizens suffer i mean that, that that's kind of the end game for some of these people um, I mean, there's more to it than that, but look, not everyone on the left is on the same page, right? I mean, I, I got to tell you, I, what I learned today commenting on some of these people posts when they were coming at me, if you will, you know, I called a lot of them Marxists and they did not like being called Marxists. And they kept saying to me over and over again in their, in their replies, you know, ha ha ha, you know, you're an idiot. You don't even know what a Marxist is. What? I, I don't think that these people, I mean, I don't think that, I mean, some of them genuinely don't understand that the Democratic Party is a Marxist party. But it's interesting because I guess the the positive thing here is that these people, I guess there's still enough negative association with the term Marxist, right? Communist still, as much as, you know, the party has embraced those platforms and is, I mean, the ideology is communist and Marxist. There's no doubt about it anymore. Uh, we'll get to some of that in a minute, but but as a whole, still in America, I mean that that's not a positive look, and I think we got to do more of that. I think that the same way that the Democrats have successfully mislabeled and misconstrued Republicans or conservatives, 
and obviously misconstrued themselves as some party of popularity, of goodwill and good intention, the moral superiors and intellectual superiors in this country in terms of parties, well, we need to do a better job and just rail against them. We need to rail against them. We need to ridicule them. We need to make them ashamed to be Democrats, which is essentially what they've done to us. Have they not, Captain? When you talk about the silent majority, I mean, I talk to people out there all the time, you know, whether it's talking about the election in 2024 or in the past, and they're just, you know, they're ashamed of President Trump. I mean, I mean, it's just shame. I mean, and, and do you ever see a Democrat act ashamed of Joe Biden? I mean, if anybody should feel ashamed, it's shame towards that, you know, how do I say this? Well, you know, the guy that wears the diaper in the White House and wanders the halls aimlessly at night. I mean, th- th- I mean, it's, it's incredible. So, so speaking of that, Biden, so he gave it, it, he's spoken a couple times now. Yesterday on Sunday, I believe he gave a speech in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And by, <laughs> I mean, okay, let me just preface with this. You know, we've talked about this a little bit. You know, the, 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 the left is going after George Santos, right? The Republican congressman who, look, between, between us, I'm going to whisper it. Between us, the guy's an absolute moron. The guy has no business being in Congress. He is an absolute fraud. The, the guy is, is the biggest liar I've ever seen, second to every Democrat I've ever seen. Okay, that's the truth. But, but George Santos, for all of his uh, em- embellishments and, and outright lies about his past, which are honestly hilarious to me, I mean, it's, 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 it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, that, that, that George Santos could, could become the nominee and, and whatever, when that's whatever. Okay. Good for us. You know, I mean, for all that, it pales in comparison to Joe Biden, Biden, Biden uh, just yesterday on Sunday, he was claiming that he, he fought apartheid, right? Apartheid was in South Africa. I mean, this guy acts like, acts like, <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Whatever. So, so apartheid, he says, uh, he was in the civil rights movement. I, what I was going to say, captain is, is Joe Biden, I think in his head thinks that he broke Nelson Mandela out of jail. I, I think that's the way the story goes in his head. And so he gave this Gaffield MLK, uh, day speech. So he went to a all black church called the Ebenezer Baptist church in Atlanta to honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And (laughs) he says, I've two political heroes my entire life. When I started off as a 22-year-old on the east side of the civil rights movement, I got elected to the United States Senate when I was 29 and wasn't old enough to take office. And I had two heroes, Bobby Kennedy. I admired John Kennedy, he says, but I could never picture him at my kitchen table. But I could Bobby... And no malarkey, Dr. King, Dr. King. Look, I, I, I've, I, I probably a lot of you listen to Dan Bongino. And so, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not, you know, I heard Dan talk about this a couple times. And it's something I've thought about, too. So I don't, I don't want you to think that I'm not aware of it. Uh, you know, I'm fully transparent on this show. I'm not stealing anything. 
Uh, Dan's a great guy. And, but, you know, Dan's pointed out a couple times, which I've been wanting to as well, that not only that, that is Joe Biden a sociopath, but when he when he adds no joke or I'm not lying or no malarkey, he, he it's a tick that he has. And he's underscoring the fact that he knows he's lying somewhere deep in the bowels of re, in recesses of his skull. You know, you, you will notice that it is a Biden rule. Every time he emphasizes that he's not lying or goes back to say no malarkey, it's an admission subconsciously, perhaps, that he is lying. And so, of course, he says on today, you know, he he he, he one of his heroes with Dr. King um, on a different day, of course, you know, it'd be Barack Obama or, or something else. I don't know. Um so look, he's repeated this this lie about <laughs> So so in tw- in 2020 Campton, Biden told this story for weeks that he was arrested in South Africa while uh he was trying to meet um Nelson Mandela. And there's no evidence of that happening. And and in fact, you know, you know the lie is bad when it gets a false fact check from the left. And that's what happened. And he's still repeating it. Look, I want to be serious for just a minute. The the type of person who can lie like this and lie repeatedly, even after they've been called out on a lie, is somebody that is deeply immoral. Someone who is a sociopath. I mean, it doesn't bother him at all. Forget the fact that the media covers for him. I mean, that, 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 that aside, somebody that's able to do this is a sick individual. And I mean, he has lied about everything, right? I mean, Joe Biden's entire life is, is fiction. I mean, he is the biggest fraud in American political history. No malarkey, Captain. That's no malarkey. He is. So anyway, one of the other things Biden said was, I may be a practicing Catholic. There's another lie. That's a joke. But anyway, I may be a practicing Catholic, but I used to go to 730 Mass every morning in high school. And then in college, before I went to the black church, not a joke. So I may be a practicing Catholic, but I used to go to 730 Mass every morning in high school. And then in college, before I went to the black church, the, the guy claims he went to a black, all black church in Delaware. Now, this has been denied. The church says he's never been there before. But I, I mean, I really don't understand how black Americans tolerate this type of just Joe Biden thinks black people are the stupidest people on the planet. I mean, all Democrats do, really. I mean, this is what, what, I mean, many black Americans are waking up to this fact. But the reality is, Democrats in politics, they still view blacks like they're on the plantation. And the plantation is the Democrats' plantation. And that's the reality. Hillary Clinton, when she was running for office in 2016, Right. She went on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God. 
And she told the panel there that I think they asked her if they should know anything about her. And she said she carried hot sauce in her purse. Now, that's an extremely race. Now, I'm not a sensitive guy. I'm not politically correct. I don't care. But, but you know, from the left standard, that is an extremely racist thing to say. I mean, the, the stereotype, of course, is that all black people carry hot sauce in their purses because they love hot sauce so much. All black people love their hot sauce, so it's always in their purses. And so Hillary Clinton goes on there and says, yeah, look at me. I'm one of you. And, and no, she always changes her voice. You know, she goes to the black, black church and she tries to put on her best, you know, black impersonation. I mean, it, the Democratic Party is the party of racism. They are the party of institu- institutional racism. So anyway, I, I just, this guy's so cringeworthy, Captain. You know, he also said to this, this unknown attendee at that same speech during a non sequitur, I guess he got a break from the teleprompter. He, he, he said to this, 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 this girl, what's your name, honey? It's good to see you. Maybe I can have a picture with you before I leave, okay? This guy's a total creep. Honey, okay. Look, it's 2023. I don't think it's appropriate as a politician to ever refer to some woman whether you know her or don't know her, if she's not your wife or your daughter, to call her honey. Honey is a word that I, I, you'd think the feminazis would be mad out there, wouldn't you, Captain? I mean, calling some girl honey? Isn't that like the last thing they want to be called when they're fighting, you know, to, they want to go to the front lines of war and they want to carry, you know, machine guns and, you know, they, they want to, I, I, I mean, not Honey? Anyway, swept under the rug, though. Oh, I wanted to share this story with you. We'll get into some heavier stuff in a second, okay? Hang with me. This is fun. Um, <clears throat> obviously, there's a couple of updates on the on the the Joe Biden classified documents. They found some more, of course. I think I think the total count last I checked was up to 25 classified documents. And you know, the big thing now, of course, is that. Hunter Biden was actually renting that house from his own father in 2017. And he claimed on a document that he was paying just under $50,000 a month for rent. Now, there's two things wrong with this. The first is that Hunter Biden, who does not have a, 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 um, a uh, access to classified documents, he doesn't have clearance for it, a security clearance for it. Well, he was living in the house with who knows coming and going to that house while those documents were stashed in the garage. Well, was the garage locked? Was it was, was Hunter Biden unable to access the garage and the Corvette? Of course he was. He was living in the home. So you have a secu- national security risk here because these documents are available for Hunter Biden and whoever else was coming in and, that, in a, in and out of that house to view. Now, the second thing here, of course, is that we have another smoking gun in terms of the, the, the clever way in which Joe Biden pimped out his son and his position in government to enrich himself and his family, right? I've made this point before. 
Joe Biden used Hunter Biden. It's not the other way around. Joe Biden pimped out his son. He used his son to enrich the family. And of course, he used his position as leverage to do so. Well, the average rental home in Wilmington, Delaware, which is the location of this house, the Biden house, well, the most expensive house on the market commands $6,000 a month rent. Now, the Biden home is worth around $2 million. So, look, I, I, I have experience in this. I mean, the, the, the rental value of the Biden home would be between $5,000 and $6,000. Why was Hunter Biden paying him $50,000 a month for a house that should have been rented for $5,000, 10 times the amount? Well, that's how they funnel the money. It's a racketeering scheme. And this is one of the many ways in which Hunter Biden took the salary that he was getting, whether it was from Burisma or the communist Chinese or the former mayor of Russia's wife, and he got it to his father. And remember, there's evidence on text messages between Joe Biden and I believe his daughter complaining about how he had to pay half of his salary to his father. I mean, it, this is all in the open and the left will say till their you know, faces turn blue, well, he hasn't been convicted of a... No, and that's the point. We want an investigation. I mean, it's like saying, you know, Ted Bundy's innocent because he's out there, you know, hiding uh, in the hillside, we, you know, and he hasn't been convicted by a jury yet. So Ted Bundy, yeah, technically he's still innocent. Cue up cut um, five for me, Captain. So speaking of the double standard of justice here, now, again, Donald Trump did nothing wrong. Hunter Biden broke the law. That's the difference here. The Democrats will lie and say otherwise. But every time, I mean, Adam Schiff in particular, he is the, the top hitman in the Democratic Party. He is the principal propagandist that is sent out there to spread the narratives and lies and propaganda to the media and disseminate it to the American people, promising them a scalp. Now, he was the one who repeatedly went on the news with Trump-Russia collusion and promised that, well, even though, you know, they didn't have anything yet, he was confident based on what he saw that Trump was guilty. And we know that Trump-Russia collusion was a concocted fantasy of the Hillary Clinton campaign. None of it happened. It was fiction created by them to get Trump. And this guy, Adam Schiff, was one of the principal players who went out to the media and told people, tried to reassure them that he had seen evidence that Trump was guilty of Trump-Russia collusion, which was an impossibility because it was fabricated. Again, quid pro quo, right? Quid pro quo. He went out there and rushed before Congress to announce that he had seen the transcript, heard the, heard the conversation between Trump and Zelensky, and that, you know, it read like some mafia tale. You know, that Trump was some mob boss shaking down Zelensky and ordering him to go after Joe Biden. Well, Trump released the transcript, and it said no such thing. But he lied to Congress and to the American people. He's done it with J6. He's done it with taxes. He's done it with everything. And he jumps to conclusions every time before there is any proof. 
Now, here is Adam Schiff on this week, ABC, I believe. Now, listen to him talk about the discovery of these classified top secret documents in multiple locations by Joe Biden. Go ahead, Captain, play it. The, the White House knew about this on November 2nd. So that was almost a full week before the midterm elections. We didn't learn about it. The public wasn't informed <clears throat> until this week. And it was only after uh, the story was, uh, you know, was out there. Reporters were asking questions. Should they have been more forthcoming? Should this information have been revealed earlier? Uh, I think the administration will need to answer that question. Uh, I'm going to reserve judgment until they do. But I think it's important to point out uh, that the Biden uh, approach was very different in the sense that um, it looks, uh, as far as we can tell, that it was inadvertent that these documents were in these locations. Well, he's not going to rush, jump to conclusions there, right? I mean, why would you jump to conclusions? I mean, Adam Schiff, I mean, this is what I'm saying. These people aren't just wrong. They aren't just hacks. These people are evil. These people are absolutely amoral. They are lawless. And I hope you heard there, because I'm going to harp on this, because, Captain, I have not heard anyone else confirm my theory about what's going on here, right? My theory of the dual dueling special counsels and the intention behind this is to actually to get Trump in the end because they want to go before a grand jury. They want to force action by um, Merrick Garland and it wasn't happening. And now they have something to compare it to. And so the Democrats are trying to make a case of exoneration for Biden because he inadvertently placed the documents and Trump intentionally did it. And that Biden has been cooperating and Trump was obstructing. And they're hoping that they can try these two cases, seem fair. And at the end of the day, uh, Joe Biden will be um, exonerated just like Hillary Clinton was. It's the same argument that got her off the hook. And then Trump, of course, they're hoping to, to try him and get a conviction. By the way, I, I, I did send my article. It was at American Thinker. I sent it to one of Trump's lawyers, um, Christina. Well, I shouldn't mention her name. I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. Anyway. You know, I know a lot of important people. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm a, I'm a very important person, despite all the Twitter people trying to make me feel bad and cry like Kensinger because I only have 1,100 followers. But what I lack in followers, I have in VIP acquaintances and colleagues. So anyway, so I did. I sent it to this, to this Trump lawyer. She was actually uh, on the ground in, uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Did you know this, Captain? She was there when Mar-a-Lago was raided. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, and I don't know what I can and can't say. Uh, I mean, she didn't tell me anything I can't know, but, you know, better to be safe than sorry. But anyway, I ran it by her, and she, she liked it. She said, you're right. She said, you know, the New York Times never leaks a story that supposedly is going to damage a Democrat without it being intended to do harm to the other side. They, they're never going to put something out there really as a hit job against their own. It's always about getting Trump. And here, here's something else I stumbled upon, Captain. So Robert Hur, this is the name of the special counsel assigned to investigate Joe Biden. And we've been assured that this guy, I mean, he's, 
He is top-notch. He's a gym. You couldn't ask for anybody better if you're on the right, you know? This guy's really, really going to go after Joe Biden, you know? He's a superb lawyer. He was a, he was a, a pivotal right-hand man. He's got a, this long, distinguished career as a federal prosecutor. And he sounds like a, uh, a, uh, a dream, doesn't he? Ex- except that, you know, the problem is all of those things I just said to you about him having a great record of being a superb lawyer. Do, do you know who, who, who said that about him? Rod Rosenstein. The disgraced Rod Rosenstein, the hack on the left. He's the guy who conspired with Andrew McCabe, by the way, to wear a wire to catch Donald Trump because they hated him so much. So this guy was a right-hand man of Christopher Ray, who, by the way, is in Davos, Switzerland right now, attending the World Economic Forum. How about that? The World Economic Forum, which exists to destroy America, which is an anti-American globalist regime who literally looks to bring us back into the uh, into caves? Well, he's there. Gosh, why could he? Why would he associate himself with the World Economic Forum? You thinking something, Captain? Minister, Minister of Truth. I was just about to ask you that question. Why does the director of the FBI is at the World Economic Forum? I'm sure you have an well, answer. Well, because that. Christopher Ray. Well, Christopher Ray is just like many of these people. He's a plant in the government. He's part of the quote-unquote deep state. And these people have been groomed. Uh, they've been paid off. They have been bribed um, to do the bidding of the quote-unquote World Economic Forum. I mean, that's what Joe Biden's up to. That's what Christopher Ray's up to. I mean, that's why the Democratic Party, I mean, their policies are taken, essentially, if you see what the World Economic Forum puts out, and we're going to talk about this next episode, Captain. We'll get into the World Economic Forum this week. But look, you know, they're talking about, look, misinformation out there. We saw the Biden administration already trying to go through, um, what was it? Did they go through the DHS trying to do that uh, Ministry of Truth with Mayorkas? That's right. And it, it lasted about, you know, two seconds because... Well, I guess, I guess it got some blow. It was a little bit too far too fast. So anyway, so the FBI is intimately involved, as we know in America, with censoring voices like my own and your own. I mean, that is what they're devoted to doing. By the way, speaking of this, Captain, I've got a story here, and I'll get more into, uh, don't let me forget, we'll get into who this guy has been, her. Robert Her. <laughs> ben Her uh, is a... Is a <laughs> Captain's laughing at me. Ben yes, Hur. That is a movie, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> that, 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 that's exactly right. Yeah, a little bit different era, I think. Um, but speaking of censorship, do you know what the um, Democrats in the House who claim that Republicans aren't prepared to lead and the Democrats, you know, Republicans are wasting your time um, and Democrats, you know, they, they just want to save America. Well, uh, Representative Shayla Jackson Lee, Well, she introduced a House bill to criminalize conspiracy to commit white supremacy, which includes, are you ready for this? Any criticism of non-white people that influences someone who commits a hate crime. The bill, she says, uh, is called leading against white supremacy. Now, firstly, 
let's point the most important thing out, shall we, Captain? There's something called a First Amendment right in this country. And uh, you can spew your hatred all day long. Now, you can't actively call for somebody to go out and commit murder or something like that. I mean, that's obvious. But free speech is all free speech. It's not some free speech. It's not the free speech that I like or doesn't hurt my feelings. It's free speech. So the first problem with this is that passing a bill that would ban somebody um, from saying something that even would be emblematic of white supremacy is uh, illegal, okay? But secondarily, the bill is misnamed. It's not really about leading against white supremacy because white supremacy is almost non-existent in America. I mean, white supremacy is so prevalent that remember when Virginia governor, well, he wasn't governor then, but when Glenn Youngkin was at a rally, the uh, Lincoln Project claimed, I'm not so sure about this still, but the Lincoln Project came in and cleaned up and claimed they were responsible for it. But a bunch of Democrat activists were dressed up and put outside the rally as supporters of Glenn Youngkin holding tiki torches, pretending to be white supremacists. And one of them was black, by the way. But then again, according to Democrats, you know, I I think they said that um, Larry Elder, right, who ran for governor in California against Newsom, he's the black face of white supremacy. So apparently you can be a black white supremacist, according to the Democrats, but they couldn't find one because they had to find Democrats to pose as white supremacists. That's how big the white supremacy problem is in America. But anyway, um, this bill, of course, would grant authority to uh, the DOJ to prosecute persons engaged in such actions with records of white supremacy inspired hate crimes. Now, the point is, the Democrats can claim anything contributes to white supremacy. I mean, when we condemn them and talk about replacement theory, they claim that we're talking about white supremacy, that we are spouting white supremacy points. And the whole point, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party have been doing this for the past, well, year at least. They've been saying that the MAGA movement is a white supremacist movement. So the reason they want to do this is because they want to make it lawful and codify the fact that the DOJ can go after and show up at your door simply for being a MAGA Republican. Because you are, ergo, a white supremacist because, as the Democrats have claimed, well, all Republicans, all MAGA Republicans are white supremacists. Therefore, if you are a MAGA Republican and you spout talking points from Trump or the right, well, you could be inciting violence and we are going to go after you. You don't have the right to free speech. So that, that's what Sheila Lee Jackson's up to. Don't you love Democrats? These are such wonderful people. I am so happy to live in a country and share it with these wonderful people who love us so much. I mean, I just get a warm, fuzzy feeling walking up and down the streets here in California, knowing, knowing that these people wished that I was dead because I was unvaccinated. You know, that, that, that are out there, you know, um, hoping that, that a meteor, you know, wipes me off the face of the earth. It's, it's a good feeling. I mean, isn't it, Captain? I mean, gosh, who doesn't want to feel that way? So anyway, Robert Hur, back to him for a second. Man, we're not going to get into all this, Captain. Okay. So uh, anyway, 
Robert Herr, he served as the DOJ point man to Robert Mueller's special counsel investigation, looking into Donald Trump's alleged side hustle as a Russian secret agent. So it turns out that Robert Herr, not Ben Herr, he was actually involved in the Mueller investigation into Trump, the most partisan, fake investigation in modern American history. And this is the guy assigned to Joe Biden. Do you think a guy who was instrumental in getting a FISA warrant against Carter Page? Because this guy was involved in that too, by the way. And that was based on lies as well, by the way, right? They had to doctor documents and so on and so forth. I mean, they they lied to get the FISA warrant. And this guy was involved. So this is why I'm telling you, look, this is just for your own mental health out there, okay? Do not get your hopes up about this ending Joe Biden's presidency or this ending in any kind of indictment of, of, of Joe Biden. I, I'm just, I'm telling you, that's not where this is headed. It's, it's so fun to sit there and say, whoopee, they're finally going to get rid of Joe Biden. That's not what's happening. And I'm going to keep saying it. And a lot of you are going to say, Drew, you're an idiot and you're wrong. And I'll say, fine, fine, we'll see. I want to bet you a hundred bucks. That's how I'll fund this program, Captain. I bet all of you out there listening, a hundred bucks that I'm right. I'll give you my Venmo account later, okay? <laughs> when I'm right. When I'm proven right, I'll give it to you. Until then, uh, if, and if I'm proven, proven wrong, I'm disappearing. Um, okay, you know what? Okay, go ahead. Captain, cue up, cue up uh, uh, cut two. I just want you to hear this. Because this is a laugh. This is just a laugh. So speaking of not needing to lower your voice to convince people that you're a man, how about raising your voice intentionally to try and at least pretend that you're a woman? So, you know, the first uh, man, biological man, just just won Miss Universe. So I don't know. I think it was 80 countries competing. And a man was just, just, uh, just won Miss Universe. I mean, this is so sick. If you're a woman out there, I mean, this you should be on the war path. Put your war paint on. Just go to town. So, queue up cut two. So, Miss Universe, the new CEO, the person who runs it, owner, I forget exactly how it works. Well, it's a trans CEO. By trans CEO, I mean it's a man wearing a dress. And the, <laughs> this the CEO... I want you to hear the CEO speak. So honestly, to be honest, Captain, I mean, those of you watching right now, I mean, for a trans woman, is that what you say? I forget. Anyway, a biological man who's had a few procedures, who wants to be a woman, I mean, she looks better than Bruce Jenner. I got to say. I mean, I could see some Democrats falling for her in a bar only to be very surprised when they got to their apartment. I, it's true. I mean, it's a decent, decent job. Anyway, okay, g- play, play, c- play, cut two, Captain. We're gonna get in so much trouble tonight. The Miss Universe organization from now on is gonna be ran by women, owned by trans women, for all women. For all women really around the world to celebrate the power of feminism. 
for all you listening out there. This is the Drew Allen Show, the trans leader of the right. And I will lead you as the first trans CEO of Drew Allen Show. Okay. I mean, that person really, that was like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I didn't look where that, look up where she's from. She's from, he's from, I'm confused. Anyway, that, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I can't do it with these people anymore. I mean, that, look, it, again, there were some friend, banging women. Comp- again, yeah. my friend, I swear that the puppet masters somewhere are laughing when they come up with these ideas. You know? Oh, of, of course they are. And the sad thing is, if I may say this real quick, is that this new feminism is to destroy feminism. It's to destroy women. Captain, what uh, what generation are you technically in? I'm a millennial. What are you? I think I'm the last of the boomers, 1964. All right. So we got a geriatric millennial of truth, and we've got a geriatric boomer millennial of truth over there, too. I'm the youngest boomer out there. Oh, sorry, Captain. <laughs> sorry, Captain. One day you'll see his face in 40 years. Um, So, uh, you know, let's... Okay, if you want to know... Why play queue up cut four queue up cut four. So we've had a lot of rain in California. We've had a lot of rain in California. And, um, you know, just a few months ago, Californians were complaining about the drought, right? Man-made climate change was causing drought out here. Well, now we have a lot of rain and the people that were complaining about a drought and saying we didn't have any rain because of man-made climate change. Well, now there's too much rain and that's because of man-made climate change. And this is a, a young man named Luke Mullen. He's a nobody. I'm not mentioning his name because he is somebody. He's a, he's a student. He's the product of UCLA, I believe. He's, uh, he's doing his best uh, citizen journalist impersonation. Uh, he's out there in the rain, in the rain, telling us that it's raining, believe it or not. Go ahead and queue up and play the clip. I want you to hear what's going on with the Zoomers. I'm in Santa Barbara for the second weekend in a row of record-breaking flooding and destruction. I'm actually watching in real time as this road is just crumbling apart right in front of my eyes. Look, this is going to take weeks of rebuilding and and infrastructure redesign uh, just for this one road. But look, we're going to fix it. It's going to be a temporary fix, but we're going to fix it. Why are we not investing the money into solving the bigger issue here instead of just putting a Band-Aid over this every single five years that this happens, probably more frequently. It is the climate crisis. That is what is destroying these roads. I cannot watch my city of Santa Barbara be destroyed a third time in less than five years, which is the climate emergency that is exacerbating these storms. And it's probably going to take out a lot more roads and houses and lives. Boy, oh boy. Imagine if he'd been around when the dinosaurs were here. I mean, what would he say about the meteor coming and hitting Earth? Who was responsible for that? Or send him back, you know, 30, 40 million years ago. Maybe it was a little bit more than that. He could go to Antarctica where it used to look like Hawaii with uh, palm trees and crocodiles and the atmospheric carbon dioxide was actually higher than it is today before our unnatural presence was here on this Earth. 
I mean, you got you got Pete Buttigieg, you know, Colin Highway's racist. I mean, maybe this was a good thing that happened. I mean, who's to say that that road was not a racist road, Captain? Maybe we just did the world a favor, especially since he's in Santa Barbara. Now, we know Santa Barbara didn't have any plantations, but I mean, who the heck cares? You know, we're just kind of making stuff up at this point if you're on the left anyway. But but that's a product of UCLA. Now, this guy is totally serious. Um, I mean, he thinks he's making some brilliant point. And, you know, I, I love it, too. He's trying to be very dramatic. You know, he maybe studied some people doing live reporting, you know, in those hurricanes where they're holding on to polls, you know, to, to report. And the road, the road is washing out before my very eyes, crumbling. No, it's not. It was already washed out. Nothing happened. I, you would have heard it. You would have seen it. Nothing happened. So climate change is responsible for destroying that road. So so we just need to put money into the climate and that will prevent roads and floods. Well, I'll tell you why this generation is so hopeless. So hopeless. Well, the country's biggest school districts are explicitly hiding kids' gender transitions from parents. Now, I am glad I came across this article, Captain, because I had a conversation with a teacher, 25-year veteran of a public school system out in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, of all places. And he told me, he was actually a Democrat, but he told me he wasn't really on board with this gender ideology stuff. And I said, well, look, you're in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, arguably kind of a family-oriented small town. At your public school, are they teaching this crap? And he said, absolutely. And he said he was more confused than the kids because... The kids are coming in every day and changing the pronouns and asking to be called different things, and he's not permitted to say anything to the parents. So if you want to solve the problems in America, uh, yeah, winning elections is important, but it's all rendered useless, and our efforts are going to be futile if we don't destroy the teachers' unions. If we do not... Get rid of these leftist ideologues, eradicate them from our, our public schools and even our private higher level universities, because this is what's being taught there. And I mean, this goes through a list of them from Los Angeles to New York, but uh, I'll, I'll give you an example, LA, where I used to live the second largest school district in the nation with 565,000 students. Now think about this, 565,000 students, that's 565,000 voters. Now this is how Democrats look at this, by the way. And they want, they just, by the way, the, the, the Congress just said they want to lower the voting age to 16 years. And I'll tell you why in a second. So LA has a gender identity in students ensuring equity and non-discrimination policy. It tells educators to be mindful that a student may have not told their parents about their change in gender identity and be careful not to reveal the child's gender status. The way the Democrats view the schools, they view them as supplanting parents, right? You're not, you can't be trusted to instill values and teach your children anything. They belong to the state. This is what they do in communist Russia This is what they do in dictatorships around the world. And this is happening all over the place. So if you're a parent, wouldn't you want to know if this stuff's going on? I mean, you already don't know what the 
teachers are saying to your kid. I mean, they're, they're ruining their minds and you're never going to find out about it because the teachers are on board with this and those that aren't are going to get fired if they actually do go and say, hey, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Allen, I know that you're not on board with this stuff, but I just want to let you know that this is going on with your kid. They can't do it. They can't do it. And, and the reason they're doing this and the reason they are, are trying to lower the voting age to 16 years is because here's a story to close out, Captain. So the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, the alien, well, she was recently caught, well, she responded to reports that her reelection campaign made an inappropriately coercive request to get public school teachers to offer extra credit to students in exchange for helping her win. So the teachers in Chicago, another big school district captain, they were told to help reelect. These are high school students, right? Or younger, making them political uh, activists for the Democrat Party rewarding them in school, saying, you will get extra credit if you help reelect Lori Lightfoot. So the Democrats, if they lower the voting age to 16, this is how they buy votes. This is how corrupt they are. Can you imagine, Captain, if Donald Trump or any Republican went to a school district and said, give the kids extra credit if they help reelect me? What would the Democrats be saying? They'd be losing their minds. Mark Elias, who looks like Jabba the Hutt. I mean, he'd be out there suing left and right. And anyway, she, she just, like all Democrats, she goes on TV, Captain, and she just says, well, it's not my fault. I mean, it's my fault because I'm mayor, but I didn't know about it, and I've got to do a better job. I've got to do a better job. That was a mistake. That's it. There's never consequences. You know, Joe Biden, the documents, it was a mistake. Trump-Russia collusion, it was a mistake. No, you were a criminal. So we got we got we got to fix this, Captain. All right, look, um, this has been a fun show. We're gonna be back. I don't know, maybe tomorrow, Captain. We'll see how it goes, and um, and we'll talk about the World Economic Forum. I think that's important to get into and some other things as well. Um, I put out a, a, a video on my Substack, Jerallen.substack.com. I was gonna talk about it today, ran out of time, um, and that's that that that's about um, the vaccine. I'll get into that tomorrow too. What's going on with that? All right. God bless you all. This is uh, your Millennial Minister of Truth. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew Allen. I look to this guy for wisdom.